Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Have you ever wanted to write a book, start a business, learn a new skill, learn to play a musical instrument, change careers, or simply become world-class at something like making lists? Do you try for a bit only to realize that you didn't have time to do it and you couldn't really achieve your goal? In this episode, we're going to discuss a number of time management mistakes that people, including us, often make like making very long lists. Largely, being able to avoid these mistakes will put you in the top 5% of people in almost any endeavor. But before we get started, Will, what time management mistakes have you been making this week? Uh, I don't know about time management mistakes, but uh, I've been in a pretty good slugging match with React all week. Oh, yeah, me too. With React? Mm -hmm. Not at work, but at my side thing. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm learning a lot. I'll just put it that way. That's the optimistic approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I'm in the same boat as you, man. Yeah. Sometimes you, you got to ice skate uphill for a little bit. That's just the way it is. But yeah, it's good. The new gig is uh, working well. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm really glad. That's awesome. I'm kind of excited for you because you're getting to kind of stretch and move away from the .NET world. And, and from Windows, if I want. Yeah, I'm like, I'm watching you do this. I'm like, man, I want to get away from Windows. I mean, I'm, I'm on a Mac at work anyway, but like I still have to have a, a Windows VM to code. I'm like, I can still do C Sharp on Mac once we get away from Windows authentication. But yeah, so I'm doing Windows. Well, I'm on Windows, but I'm doing the work with WSL. So it's like I'm simulating Linux. <laughs> but it, it's, it's still pretty cool. And, and I've got some sharp people working with me. That's wonderful, man. Yeah. I'm not having the lead. I'm just doing the work. It's good. It's good. Change pace. So how about you? Work-wise, I had some Git weirdness that actually happened today. Yesterday, today, it was a blend of them. So I, um, for some reason, one change that I made to a unit test in Angular, basically after adding stuff to the component, like I had to change a few unit tests. One of them didn't get saved, I guess, before I made the commit. So I had to go back and make a second commit after I'd already I pushed it up. I created the pull request, thinking everything was up there. And then, you know, one of the tests didn't pass because I didn't have all the right stuff there. So I was like, oh, huh, that's weird. It didn't save and go with the rest of it. So I had to push it up there, get it in there, runs the build, everything like that, merges with main. Today, I go in and I had like, something completely separate bug we found. Quick fix, go to push it up there, build fails. Not because of my code, but because of that one commit was missing from the main branch. So I don't know what happened. It's in my local branch and it says it's committed. Could it be the get ignore somehow? No, I checked. I have no idea. Like, And of course, we delete the branches when they once they merge into main on the server or in the repo. So I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but it was a really simple fix. Like one line of code fix. I fixed it and pushed it up and got everything working. But man, it just threw me off this morning. Like that was like early this morning when that happened. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Took me a a hot minute to figure it out. But at least you didn't completely crash Chrome Mm. with your React code. Because that's what I did. I'm not saying I haven't done that. Yeah, I couldn't detach it. Couldn't attach a debugger or anything. I mean, I hosed it good. <laughs> in personal news, I saw The Chosen. They've got season three, episodes one and two in theaters right now, which was awesome. Legitimately, that was really good. Also, they did a preview for the Wingfeather show. That's going to be pretty good too. I'm currently listening to book three in that series. Well, not literally right now, but when I'm driving and stuff. So that was really cool. 
Saving money is hard, especially when you manage it like you do your time. Lucas Casadas is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you to not only establish a real plan, but to actually take action on that plan so that you can live your best life. Now, investing in financial planning services, it really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. With the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making those better financial decisions is easily going to pay for itself. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. And best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. And what that means is he's not here to sell you a product, but to help guide you to a better financial situation. You can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face, and he interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. And you can find out even more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. Time management is hard to get right. The understatement of the month. While you hopefully don't want to be a jerk to everyone in your social circle, you have work to do. Not only do you have the day and today stuff to do, but you probably have career aspirations and personal goals as well. There really aren't any goals worth doing that don't take a substantial investment of time and attention over quite a bit of time to achieve. That's just the way it is. And if you've ever tried to achieve something big and failed, odds are that the time required to do something was a big part of the problem. We only have so much time on this earth and then we're gone. And it's a real tragedy to live a life where you don't dream big and achieve big. However, that tragedy will be yours if you don't manage your time well. And the modern world is full of distractions whether it's due to the tons of electronic devices around us at all times begging for our attention or due to the demands of these swarms of people who are always around us, there is pretty much always something to do. Whether the task is valuable or not, we're all confronted with different priorities vying for our attention. Some of them are total wastes and scams, while others are some of the most valuable relationships in our lives. Many others are a bit harder to figure out however, as their value is speculative and highly dependent on what you really want from your life. And that in itself can be another clue to the problem. What do you want? Is that different than what you think you should want? Is it different than what the people around you want? Does what you are doing match your larger goals? Or are you trapped in an endless hamster wheel of minutia? Whittling your life away one clock tick at a time until when you're too old to do anything else, you look back and realize you're lost your most valuable asset to things you didn't even care about at all. Or will you focus and drive yourself to achieve things that you never thought possible because you harnessed your time and attention to the best of your abilities and doing so provided you opportunities you could have never predicted. The choice is yours, but your results depend greatly on how you manage your time, particularly how you avoid mismanaging your time. In this episode, we'll discuss a number of time management mistakes that most people make, including us. Note here that we're not advocating perfection in time management, as that kind of takes all the fun out of life and actually doesn't work. Rather, we're pointing out some things that really tend to burn a lot of time and attention for very little value in return. This is important if you want to achieve big things. Everything requires time, and if you're wasting your time, you are throwing away opportunities that you cannot get back. So the first mistake is not accounting for the total amount of time a task makes unusable, including dead time and when you're planning. A 30-minute meeting doesn't take 30 minutes. There's time before the meeting when you can't really start anything and time after the meeting where you can't schedule anything in case it goes over. This is really the annoying thing and 
where I work, we're pretty strict about respecting time. If we do need to go over, we will either reschedule or schedule a time to to meet back up. Or if everyone is okay, like no one has anything after, then we'll go into it. And we'll go over. But very rarely does that ever happen. Usually it's, hey, we've got you know five minutes left. Let's wrap up and we'll pick it back up tomorrow or we'll schedule a time later today. Yeah, and this this effect kind of compounds too because two 30-minute meetings, you know, 30 minutes apart can reasonably be expected to trash two hours of working time because you have the hour and a half of stuff that you really, you know, you got the two meetings and the time in the middle you can't do much with. And then you've got prep time on either end, probably 15 minutes that you can't do much with either. So that put together comes up to an entire, you know, two-hour block at a minimum. And some people need just reset and rest time after meetings. Or you need to write crap down that you didn't get all down during the meeting, or there's a hallway conversation, or you've got to go to the bathroom, or a million other things. It swells up like a balloon if you're not careful. This can also include transit time and any time spent waiting on someone else for prerequisites. We had a all-staff meeting just yesterday. Yeah, yesterday's Monday. Just yesterday. And it had gotten rescheduled three or four times. I know two of the times I couldn't make it because I had either a doctor's appointment or it was actually after my working hours. And I'm like, nope. And I wasn't the only one. That's why they kept rescheduling it. But uh, yeah, it was right in the middle of one of our meetings. We ended the meeting early because we were able to plan for it. But get in there and it started 15 minutes late. And I'm like, all right, well, guess this is a good time to catch up on email. Yeah, I mean, well, you and I could both easily talk about situations where we had to do a bug fix. It took five minutes, but the PR took all day to get approved and get all the way through the system. Was that five minutes of work or was it a day? Because I couldn't really commit the time the rest of the day for anything either, necessarily. I I know that feel and I have a whole list of things that are stuff to do while waiting on a PR. Yep. I've got tags and Todoist for that. Yep. Now, that said, as the lead developer, if it does take a, a little bit longer than I think it should, I can just post something and be like, hey, guys, need you to check this out so we can you know move forward. But I don't do that too often because I don't always get notifications. Microsoft Teams is terrible. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's a... So that... There's the actual biggest understatement of the week. <laughs> I knew it was coming somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about time management. I had to trash teams. Yeah, uh, been trashing it all day. Not as much as it's been trashing my RAM. Just going to say. So speaking of trashing things, the next big mistake is treating time as fungible. Now, what fungible means is, is that it's interchangeable. Not all of your time is equal. And this is something that Beej and I periodically learn the hard way. It's one of those things that you learn and then you get comfortable again and you forget and you get smacked in the face. And you're going to do this your entire life. But you really need to be careful when you're moving difficult, high-value tasks from prime work time into less effective work time because of someone else's priorities or because of your own. Because it will take you more time to get it done then and you may not have allocated that time. Yeah, that's very important. Sometimes you have to be kind of You have to guard your time because of this. I mean, you and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about that. We did. We did. We were looking at potentially moving when we record the podcast. And it was a conversation of, hey, what's going to work best for both of us? And it was an open conversation of, hey, you know, this time might be a better time to do it. And then when we got into it, we're like, no, it's not. But, you know. Yeah, because it was just going to chop up. Like my prime working time mm-hmm. in a really awful way. It was a shame it didn't work. Yeah, it is because it would have helped me out in some other areas too. But yeah. Yeah. Now, if you have a business, you need to be careful about shifting time working in the business into time periods that you intend to use working on the business. It's a great way to watch your income fall through the floor while being overworked. So you probably understand that that point is got some personal references. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm paused so that you can like take that one. 
if you're working on contract work, for instance, you get a contract where you're working 80 hours a week for a client and you're making money by the hour. That's great, except you're not getting new clients. And when that client goes away, you're burnt out and you have no income. Yeah. Now, if you plan for that and go, hey, I'm going to be working 80 hours a week for this amount of time while I'm with this client, and then I'm going to take a vacation, and then I'm going to focus on getting new clients, and I'm working 80 hours a week making extra money so that I can afford that downtime from working, that is completely different. That is planning. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing too is a there's a tail on getting a new client. So you you have the conversations, but you you probably aren't going to start this week. No, no, no. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like you you plan in that time for it. And always, again, back to it takes longer than you expect. Yeah. Everything no. does. And this also means in general that you are going to want to keep your schedule relatively fixed, at least for your crucial work hours. Don't get up at a different time every day. Let your schedule get bounced all over the place because you will never be able to predict what you can get done. And just a little side note here on getting up. It's easier on you. It doesn't seem like it, but it is easier on you to continue to get up at the same time, even on the weekends. Yes, it is. Range like I get up at about five during the week, 430 to five ish. Sometime in that time frame is when I wake up. I'm out of bed by five every morning, but on the weekends, eh, sometimes I stay in bed till 530, even though I don't have to be anywhere until seven or something. I still just let myself rest hanging out there in the house, but I get up and get moving because that keeps me. What I used to do is, oh, I don't have to be anywhere until nine o'clock. I'll get up at eight. And do that Saturday, Sunday, Monday rolls around. 4.45 is way earlier than 8. And it's brutal, especially even if you were getting waking up first at the normal time and then you're sitting there playing on your phone in bed for two hours. Mm -hmm. I find the day after I do that is harder than a day when I slept in. And I don't know what that is, but I just know I'm not doing it. Yeah, like I try not to do that. I'll look at my phone to see if I have any messages anything important. And then I get up and go make coffee yeah. and then go play piano. Well, and the coffee pot being set is also a great way to force yourself to, to do that. Cause you don't want to go, well, I'm going to sleep in for two extra hours. Cause now my coffee's cold. Yeah. And that's just enough of an, an annoyance for me that I'll be up. <laughs> yeah, man, that's true. It that's doesn't true. take, I mean, you know, you, you were my roommate in college, you know, it doesn't take much. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. All right. Next is failing to batch repetitive tasks. Everybody has a set of things that they have to do. These tend to be critical, but not require a lot of effort. They also tend to be amenable to batching. I'll usually throw like several household chores together, like doing laundry. It's like you you load it and then you go do some other stuff for about an hour and a half and then you come back to it. I'll throw laundry with some straightening up and stuff like that. And maybe even listening to a podcast while I'm doing it, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, this really includes a lot of stuff like making phone calls, triaging your email, system maintenance. I have like a bucket of time on Sundays for just system maintenance. And it's all my patching, all my updating, any of the little irritating network crap that seems like it's always going on in this house. Those kind of things, I handle them all in one bunch instead of, you know, onesie twosie over the week because they're not hard. And so you don't want that spread out. Just like get it done and get it out of the way. And that's a crap ton of stuff that's that's now not in your focus. I do that with the podcast. When we get off this call, I will sit here and do my podcast stuff. So everything other than writing, I do on Tuesday nights. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Basically, batching helps because you can roll up a bunch of tasks at once without switching in and out of a working context. It also means that these little items won't interrupt something important later on. I have a a time set aside. I usually do it at the beginning and the end of the day for this stuff. So when it relates to work, updates and stuff are at the end of the day because we don't always get to choose when we do our updates sometimes. They just sort of force it on us. So it's like, all right, well, I'll just do the, like some of them that can wait, I will wait till the end of the day and just do it all at one time. 
at the end of the day when I'm like, all right, I finished something. I'm not going to start something new. So I'm fried or early in the morning. So I'm not a morning person. That's when I check. Like I go through my email. Well, I do that a couple of times a day, but you know, I'll do my planning. I'll do a lot of like the administrative type tasks that don't require a lot of thought. Yeah. And that can also be handy too when you're getting caffeinated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, I, not all my IQ points are up right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do email. <laughs> right. Right. The next thing that is a mistake is failing to delegate lower value tasks. Now, if you can pay somebody else to do a task for you and it makes economic sense to do so, do it. Again, obviously, there's probably certain tasks that you could pay somebody to do that you actually enjoy doing. We're not talking about those. We're talking about just maintenance crap. I'll be honest with you guys. I pay someone to mow my lawn. I hate mowing the lawn. I have never liked it. Even when I was younger and got paid to do it by my parents, I hated doing it. And I pay someone less than I make an hour to mow my entire lawn. And I have you have a little over an acre, but I don't have, it's an easy lawn to mow. And I was talking to a family member about it. I think it might've been my sister because she, she mows their lawn. They have five acres, but for her, she's got four kids and it's like, this is my peace and quiet. Right. Like <laughs> when your peace and quiet is on a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, her husband tried to surprise her and have someone like mow the lawn for her as like a nice gift. And she was like, why did you do that? You took away my quiet time. The kids don't bother me when I'm doing that. (laughs) There's certain tasks like that that are for camping. And I mean, cooking is that way for me a lot of times. Yeah. Which is why I'm, you know, not going to pay somebody else to do it. I love cooking as well. Well, because like you put all the stuff together the same way or even a different way, but there's only a few rules and you're generally going to come out okay. It's mm-hmm. completely different than programming. Oh, man. I love cooking. Can you imagine having Windows updates on your eggs? It's fun because like cooking is a whole different sense. Like you're using, I use smell and taste. Yeah. Mostly smell a lot when I cook. Yeah. That's how I figure out what spices are going in. I just sniff it in the spice cabinet. Mm-hmm. And then I have to like leave them out on the counter. So if it comes out good, I can try to reverse engineer what I did. Yes, I do the exact same thing, man. I'll write it down. I have a little notebook where I write stuff down. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. If you're making six figures a year, you probably have better things to do with your time than mowing the lawn. He's got changing your oil, but I really enjoy changing the oil, man. I mean, I don't do it in my truck now because it's brand new and I take it to the dealership because, you know. We had a distributorship. I've had all the oil and nursery work I want to do. That is completely fair. That is completely fair. <laughs> well, the, thing, the thing I like about it, well, I mean, I, I I work on my bike too, but like I just I kind of like that bit of manual labor that I get every now and yeah. then and stuff. But like right now, brand new truck, I'm I'm taking it to the dealership to get that stuff done for the foreseeable future. Yeah, at least consider outsourcing work for tedious things that you don't enjoy that tire you out again mowing the lawn cleaning mail straighten up and stuff but like the dust in the baseboards oh yeah and it's so funny because the person i hired to clean is uh goes to church with me and she said something to me about she's like oh i see i've had a, a positive influence on you you're uh yeah i noticed you like reorganized some certain areas of the house i was like it wasn't a positive influence. It was you gave me the capacity to do that because every time I wanted to go and do that, I had to spend all my time cleaning. I didn't have the time, back to time management, to actually do the kind of deeper organization that I wanted. And she could not have done that organization work for you. Right. Right. Like that's what the reason we have civilization is specialization of labor. Yeah. Like otherwise, you're a hunter gatherer and you're freezing to death at 30. Yeah, it Things are there for a reason. You know, remember what we said in the first point, a task takes the time that it uses up, not the time that you actually spend on the task. So things like maintaining a lawnmower are going to jump in there and they increase the time, they increase the cost, they increase uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So you may go, oh, I can mow the lawn in an hour a week. And it's like, yeah, but if my lawnmower's engine croaks or has some kind of problem, I've got to fiddle with it. I've got to give it gas. I've got to deal with the blades. Don't look at it as just the amount of time you spend. Like try to figure out a total cost of ownership. Yeah. Now, mind you, and this is something that took me a while to get over. 
and probably will too, just knowing his personality. This doesn't mean that you are too good to do the tasks or that you should stop doing the ones that you enjoy. Because like I said, I could pay someone to work on my bike for me. And when I get stuck, I usually do. Though I have made some friends who enjoy it as much as I do and were in motorcycle gangs when they were younger. So they know a lot more than I do. And so now I don't have to pay someone. I can just be like, hey, man, well, you want to come over and we can grill out and you can help me with my bike a little bit. He's happy to do that because he enjoys the friendship. Well, and it builds community too. You're doing the lower level stuff that would be irritating. He's getting the thing he wants out of that right. relationship. So that actually works better, right? It does. It does. No, I mean, again, if it's if he's out of town or busy or something, I can always take it to the shop and have someone work on it. But I enjoy it, so I do it. You just need to be judicious about what you don't hand off. Like, make it valuable. To me, learning about my motorcycle, learning about my truck, that is valuable to me. Learning the mechanic stuff is valuable to me. Same thing with like my guitars. I'll restring them myself. I'll do basic maintenance on my guitars myself just because having that skill is valuable to me. Yeah, but you're not going to uh, clean your gutters on your house yourself probably or redo your roof. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm too good to redo a roof. I'm saying it sucks. I don't want to be involved in that. Right. (laughs) Like, I have a great deal of esteem for those people that do that. I don't want to do that. They're worth their weight in gold. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So something else that will get you really quickly is trying to force creative tasks. And this is something that I've had to learn the hard way, and I imagine Beach has too. Your creativity, for the most part, especially your best work never shows up the way you want it. When you want it, it is always at the stupidest possible time where the best ideas come out and they just flow. Now this episode I wrote last week in an hour and 10 minutes because I was actually planning on doing something else that I really still haven't gotten done, but I sat there and I was like, Oh, and the episode idea was there. And so I I dumped it out. And that is kind of how creativity works. And nothing is going to force you to waste more time than to sit down and try to make yourself be creative. It doesn't happen. You will burn hours and hours and get no results. Now, that said, the more creative stuff you do, the more that flows. Yeah. It, well, it's it's almost like it's, it's the less you suck at generating the creativity. It, it's also the more comfortable you are with not forcing it. And so it's, it sort of becomes a background thread instead of a foreground thread. Like the next point you have in here is about writer's block. And I just like, I was going to use this example. So I'm just going to say the example because it is perfect for this point. But uh, I actually have a bunch of poetry about writer's block because when I get stuck and I can't write something or when I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, I just nothing's coming. I write about not being able to write. I mean, I know authors that have like little lists of of writing prompts that they just keep. Every time they come up with a prompt, they put it in a file. And when they get stuck, they grab something out of the file and write a paragraph or two and then dump it and then go to do the other thing, the actual real work. And it's, it's enough to get you over that little mental thing. And I mean, that trick works. But what you say here is, and in this makes sense, it's do those things. If you're writing or whatever you're doing, do those things. But it also goes back to what I tell my um, junior developers when I had junior developers on the team was, hey, work on it for an hour or so before reaching out to me because I want you to try. But they would say, oh, I've spent six hours on this and literally had just been stuck and not making any progress for six hours. I'm like, no, if you're stuck for an hour and you're making zero progress, not, oh, hey, I found something, let me try it. But I am like, completely lost. I've been reading blogs and watching tutorials and I'm like stuck for an hour, then reach out and ask for help. And it's what what you're getting at here is like, you know, hey, if you're stuck, step away. Do something else. And that's what that prompt thing is for. It's to step away and do something else, but within the same realm. Yeah. And I also add a lot of times if the creativity isn't coming, when you're sitting down to do creative work, a lot of times that means that you got something else you need to deal with. Yeah. Because you're probably thinking about something else and trying to fight that. It's like, just go handle whatever that is and then come back. 
Now, with this for creative work, you really need to avoid putting things off until the last minute where you have to try and force your creativity. Yeah, like that's the most wasteful way to approach any kind of creative endeavor is to put it off to the last minute. And we've talked about this with, um, I think it was back earlier this year in the time management resilience one. Is that where we talked about it? Yeah. Some people say, oh, I work better under pressure. No, no, you don't. It's been shown that people do. I'm going to drop something salty here. I'm going to say that most of the people who say they work better under pressure, the reason they say that is because they don't work the rest of the time. It's like, yes, a positive integer is bigger than zero. Congratulations. Yeah. No, I I agree with you there. I think that that is a big thing. And my thought is, well, hey, if you work better under pressure, then maybe you should be constantly under pressure. Just add so much stuff on that you're constantly under pressure to get the next thing out. Ask me how I know that. (laughs) Because I used to think I worked better under pressure. And I was like, oh, hey, I work better under pressure. And I'm want to get a lot done. So I'm just going to constantly be under pressure and not the queen song. Yeah. So the next one is failing to prioritize and work on your priorities. Show me how someone spends their money and their time. And I know what their real priorities are. That's similar to to a quote I've heard. It's not quite the quote, but it's the checkbook is a similar one. I've, I've heard that. I think it's Warren Buffett that says that. Like, show me your, your check register and I can see what your priorities are. Yeah, yeah. I think John Maxwell has a, a similar saying. I think his are about friends, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it does. Like, where you put your time and your money, that's where your priorities are going to be. It reminds me of, we've mentioned this many, many times on this podcast, but we have a friend who asked us both separately, how do you guys do all the stuff you do? And we both separately asked him the exact same question. What do you do when you get home? Well, and he asked me a money question, the very same kind of structure. Yeah. And it was the same deal. It's like, dude, you're spending what on meals? But yeah, and it is basically he spent all his time. His priority was watching TV. Yeah. And I mean, that's fine. There is nothing wrong with that being your priority. Just don't expect to you know, accomplish things if that's your priority. If you don't know what work of yours is the most important to move forward, and if you don't focus on that work first, then you're going to waste a lot of time. Mm-hmm. At the very least, you'll be scrambling to finish critical tasks at the last minute because you procrastinated by working on other stuff. That's what a lot of the productivity and hustle culture stuff is right now, by the way. That's a very loud form of procrastination. And I mean, that's something that like you learn to recognize if you grew up in a fundamentalist church. You're like, they're compensating for something. wow yeah that's true that's true but yeah now that said understand that sometimes you like you're learning what's important especially if it's like oh hey i have this big goal and i think this is important to reaching it and you may be wrong and yeah it's exploration versus exploitation yeah we're not trying to attack people for that and say, oh, you should always know the exact path because you can't, especially if you're doing something creative. Yeah, it's it's more a thing of your priority is to test. Yeah. And see what's important. And to understand that in your core that, hey, I don't have the perfect approach to this, so I'm going to spend the time to test approaches. Mm-hmm. That's valid versus I'm just going to blunder in the dark. Right. And along the same lines, you may not know what to do next. So the thing that you have to do, that you must do to move toward your goal, that's your next thing on your task list. It's interesting you put this in here because I had a conversation when I got back from Albania with, um, actually with my pastor about, hey, I may want to go and do more serious mission work over there than, you know, one week every few years. And uh, I was like, but I don't know what that looks like. And I loved his advice because it was, hey, what's your next step in that? And I said, well, the next step is learning the language and going over there on my own without the big group. He's like, all right, focus on that. He's like, focus on the next step. He's like, you don't have to know the whole plan. He's like, just focus on the next step. And when you get there, focus on the next step and the next step. And then you can look back and you go, oh, that was the plan. Yeah. Um, And you'd be surprised how many things that that look like they were planned. That's what happened. 
But if you don't know what your priority is, focusing on figuring out that priority, that's the most critical thing you could do. Generally speaking, if nothing unplanned has happened in your schedule and you're spending any of your best work time trying to figure out what to do next, you have a prioritization issue, right? Like you want to get all that stuff kind of figured out when it's not your critical best work time so that when you get in there and you get in the flow, you just attack. So the next mistake people make, and like this is another one that we've harped on in multiple episodes. I'm really glad you put it in here. When I was reading through it, I saw it and I was like, yes, I'm glad he put that in there is multitasking because this is something you and I both, we learned this the hard way. Yes. Well, this is a mistake we continue to make. Sometimes we forget it. I know I do at least. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even realize you're multitasking until you realize you're multitasking. That was meta. More meta than I intended it to be. Well, when you realize that you're multitasking anyway, just because the realization <laughs> is the multitask. Yeah. All right. You're no longer a member of the Dunning-Kruger. Wait, no. <laughs> no one actually multitasks. Instead, they interleave multiple other tasks and do a bad job of focusing on them. You don't, just don't delude yourself into thinking that you can do it either. We do one thing at a time. And when you're multitasking, you're not doing multiple things at a time. You're doing one thing, context switching, doing another thing, context switching, doing another thing. There's a reason your eyes are on the front of your face. It's so they can focus on what's there, not on two other things. Yeah. That's something a herd animal does, not us. The other problem with multitasking is a manifestation of poor prioritization. In other words, it shows that you have a problem. It's unlikely that two or more tasks are both exactly the same priority and can't be completed separately. That's real unlikely. It typically means that you're just looking at it wrong. Multitasking also tends to add a lot of stress and reduce the quality of work, which more times than not means you have to redo that work and ends up taking longer than if you had just done one thing at a time. Yep. Now, also note that Attempting to do something for fun and relaxation while attempting to complete a work task is also an example of multitasking. Unfortunately, like if you're doing anything actually valuable, you're probably going to have a hard time watching TV while you do it. Yeah. I've gotten to the point I can't listen to podcasts and stuff when I'm really focused on, you know, locked in on harder work. I can on other like piddly stuff, but I can't on just the hard stuff. I, I don't listen to podcasts at work. I don't really listen to a lot of stuff at work other than just, you know, music, like yeah. instrumental background music. And I've never understood people who could do that. Like now I say that like if my job involved, like I know my, my friend who works at the church, like she'll talk about listening to podcasts while she's reorganizing a room or building something putting together shelves or something like that for the church. And it's like, oh yeah, well that's different because you're using kind of different parts of your, you know, it's like listening to a podcast while you're driving. Yeah. I mean, there are like lower level tasks that I, I can get away yeah. with it. And I know that I'm not being as effective as I could be, mm-hmm. but I also know that those tasks are not the most important, which actually brings us to the next point. One way to really hurt your time management is to gold plate low priority tasks. You know, this is a, f- a form of procrastination, honestly. It's to spend too much time trying to make a low-quality or low-importance task perfect. Software development, this manifests as bike shedding. That's mm-hmm. what that is. It's like, hey, we're going to discuss this one little thing over here, but hey, the system architecture, ah, you know. It's because you're afraid of the system architecture, so you're just focusing on this little area that you can deal deal with. And going back to the the creativity conversation, sometimes it's okay to go, all right, hey, we're struggling with this. Let's take a break and go deal with something we can deal with. Let's get a quick win and then come back. When it becomes bike shedding is when you go off and you spend an exorbitant amount of time there. I'm going to be the best person at peeling carrots. Yeah. Why? If a task is required, low priority and low impact, do enough to get by and then do something bigger that makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, you should remember that you only have so much time, attention, focus, money, other resources for all of your tasks put together. Spend your resources where they're most likely to help. Yeah. So next is fiddling with time management systems. Another one I'm glad you put in here. 
Uh-huh. This is the right guy step on full force. Oh, I know. I know. Because you, you've been like, you have in the past really heavily promoted them. I'm like, yeah, that's just a waste of time. I'm not going to do that. They work. It's just like, you have to like get them set up and then shut up and do them. And don't mess with it. That's the key. It's like a game of mousetrap. Like if you're constantly playing with it, you're not going to get it set up. But it has to be set up to where, where, where it can work. Yeah. It's once you've got it set up, you you stick with it. If you're constantly reworking your systems for tracking tasks to be more efficient, then your system isn't being efficient because you're spending your time on making something efficient that is not actually doing its job. So it can't be efficient. Now, your system for managing your workflow is probably going to need to be adjusted over time. But what you do is you take notes of the problem areas and then you deal with them in a structured way during a time when doing so isn't going to mess everything else up. Mm-hmm. It also lets you batch things. It lets you mull on things a little bit. You know, the worst thing in the world is to go, oh, this part of my time management system is busted. I'm fixing that today. Yeah. And I just found it this morning. Like you will hose everything doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to happen when you have some looming task that you don't want to do. I can tell you, like psychologically, that is what will happen to me. Regularly. Now, when this form of procrastination shows up in software developers, they tend to do large refactorings that don't provide an obvious business value. I'd say they don't provide any business value. If you can't make it obvious to the people in charge, there is no business value as far as you are concerned because it will not land in your pocket. Right. We're doing some refactorings right now on the, the application and every single one of them have been like, We'll run it through the by the PO and be like, here's how it's going to either affect the app right now or affect us continuing to build this app. It's like, this is why we're doing this. This isn't just to spend time. I will say that I am kind of tweaking some of my systems right now, but it is planned and it is structured. Uh, normally, I try to only rearrange my time management system in the fall of odd years after Thanksgiving. But I've got enough other stuff that I've kind of wired in now and there's opportunities. It's not I'm fixing problems. It's like, hey, if this was piped in here, it would be easier instead of hitting disparate systems for things. And so that like it's and I've been doing it manually. And so now I'm automating it, which is very different than just rearranging all the time. Now, we'll talk about someone's favorite way to mismanage their time, and that is overcommitment. Honestly, if you are asked to join in on something, there are two answers. Hell yes and no. Overcommitment is a manifestation of poor prioritization. Essentially, if you can't say, yep, this is going to be huge. It's going to help me a ton. Maybe don't sign up for it. Yeah, I like to be a part of everything. Yeah, he's got that whipped puppy look right now. (laughs) It's pretty funny. (laughs) I mean, literally today I was, we were decorating the church for Christmas. I went on my lunch break and I was sitting there they tasked me with uh, making like we had these wooden ornaments and I was like putting the strings on them to hang. And I'm just sitting there in the middle of the floor, just doing that, just being around everybody. I'm just like sitting there, just grinning ear to ear, just having a blast because I was included. And I was only there for two hours. Like they were there all day long. And I was like, I get to the end of my two hours. I'm like, I think I was hanging snowflakes at the time. I was like, man, do I have PTO to take off the rest of the day. Can I call in? No, no, I need to finish my day at work. I have to go back to work. No, I can't do this. But yeah, but I, I do. I, I've been getting better about saying no. If you do find yourself regularly overcommitting, you need to undercommit for a bit. And that's, I'm sort of in the process of doing that using this. Uh, I've got a side project going on right now. I'm using that as an excuse to undercommit and to step back from things which it is literally eating up all my time, which is what I planned. But uh, also, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to stay away for a little bit longer, even after I get it finished, just so that I can rest and start slowly adding things back in. I've gotten it basically down to the core stuff, and that takes up a lot of time. But it did allow me to go see a movie with friends last night. Yeah. I mean, I think the core thing here is when you overcommit, you know, sometimes it's just, hey, I want to be involved in a bunch of stuff. But one thing I've seen you do in the past, not so much now, is overcommitting when there's other stuff that like you don't want to look at and like it's a way to avoid it. And undercommitting and just going ahead and facing whatever that is 
will get you further than anything you could have done by overcommitting. It's unfortunate, but like a lot of people have a hard time with their internal state when they're bored. And so they try every way in the world not to be bored. Be comfortable being bored. It will help your time management. So the next one is failing to avoid contagion. You don't allow other people's priorities and schedules to regularly intrude on your best work time. You probably won't be able to do this perfectly, but do it as well as you can. Yeah, especially when you're working towards a large, difficult goal, like you're trying to write a book or two books in a year. I can tell you, I had to do a lot of this when I was working on the books. It was just like, no, we're not doing that then because it's going to chew up. Like, yeah, you're chewing up three hours of my time this day. But if I don't get that three hours of time doing it in the evenings, it's going to take me all week. And you, you really have to push back. And you'll find that other people's schedules really start feeling chaotic to you because most people's schedules are. And it's really important not to let that chaos enter your schedule because it becomes a pattern once you allow it. It's not just going to get you today. It's going to get you three weeks from now and then two weeks after that. And pretty soon it'll be every week. Yeah. What's funny is I've had people tell me that my schedule was chaotic and I'm like, it is to me. Yeah. Like, okay. So like, here's the deal. What is normal and every day to the spider is absolute chaos to the fly, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it's, it's two different sets of priorities. Yeah. And that's, what's funny is there are certain people in my family I have, taken most of my life to get that across to that it's like I have different priorities than you and what you think is important I don't care about and I'll tell you something else too some of your most committed most effective friends will be the biggest source of that chaos because like somebody that does not have their ducks in a row and doesn't have their priorities in order they can introduce a little bit of chaos but man somebody that is focused like an arrow on their target and it's not your target Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're in a situation where your time is tied to them, it is going to chew you up. And it's much better to be that person than to be their victim. Just say that. Never allow a lack of planning on the part of another adult to become your emergency unless you are specifically paid extra for fixing that emergency. Yeah, and the money is going into something that is valuable. Now, with kids, kids are chaos. <laughs> so the final point, and you know, speaking of chaos, the final mistake is allowing your flow state to regularly be broken up by non-emergencies. So when you're working on more difficult tasks, you're going to do your best work when you get into a state of flow and you stay there for a while. While how to achieve a state of flow is a topic for yet another episode that we probably need to do fairly soon. Once you're in a state of flow and you'll, you know how it feels once you've gotten used to it, you really should do all you can to keep other people and other situations from knocking you out of it. This is difficult in a lot of corporate offices, uh, which is why working remote is a lot better and is likely impossible when, again, you have small children. I, I don't. Puppies. Yeah. I just shut him out of the office and leave him. Or house guests. In the latter case, pick something that takes less focus. Yeah. I mean, if I know I'm going to be disrupted, but I'm going to try to get stuff done, I have tasks sorted where I can grab stuff that is not going to be destroyed by an interruption. Right. That was like before I went down to my sister's, I had a meeting with the client I'm working with on my side project. And I was like, hey, here's where we are right now. I'm going to be out of town for a week. I will be working on it some, but I'm not going to be working on these things because I know I'm not going to be able to focus because I could get interrupted at any time by a four-year-old or a two-year-old. So I know that I'm going to get interrupted. So I'm going to work on these other lighter tasks that I said originally I was going to wait on, but these are good to work on now. And they're like, oh yeah, have fun. You don't have to work on it at all if you don't want to. I was like, no, I I want to. I'm going to have downtime, but yeah. Yeah, you may also find that certain people regularly interrupt your flow state with stuff that isn't important. Now, this could be a sign of disrespect, but it's also possibly a sign of something more serious in that relationship that you need to deal with. Uh, For instance, if you are getting in a flow state and working hard, but you're not giving your spouse enough attention, it will manifest like this. And it should. (laughs) 
right? Like you, you can't blow that up for some goal that you don't already have. You need to fix that and, and go together. And be extra careful about unintentional interruptions that you can control, such as notifications. I actually have... The nice thing about the iPhone is I can set focus. And I do that. I do that when I'm when we're recording. I do that when I'm at the gym even. But yeah, like I have different focuses set. And there are certain people who I allow through. But that's it. Because I know, one, they're, those particular people are not going to blow up my phone if it's not important. Yeah. And I'm probably not on that list. Although I, I do think you understand that if I send you a message, it can wait. Like if I call you, it's a problem. But otherwise, like I do not do synchronous communication. That's why you are on that list. Yeah. Is like if you call me, it rings through because I know it's an emergency. But yeah. Because yeah. I hate calling people. Mm-hmm. So guys, better time management is easy in theory. And like most other things that are easy in theory and practice, not so much. Practice, it's mostly the result of being focused on your SMART goals, which we're going to talk about very soon and doing the right things to move towards those goals at the best time to do so while avoiding being derailed. While this sounds simple to explain, you'll find that it takes a lot of effort over a very, very long time to actually stick and to become part of your personality. Most people's time management is a mess because it's really hard to get right. However, there are some simple things that you can avoid to ensure that your particular dumpster fire of time management is burning brighter than most. And thankfully, that's all that it takes to be in the top 5 to 10% of people. And that pretty much wraps us up. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at complete dev pod, like our page on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.